Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. Semper Fi, good Saturday afternoon. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, along with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback, one of my all-time favorite human beings on the planet. I'm Christian Garrick, David Potter, back at Master Control, taking your phone calls on our mortgage financial talk and text line at 504-260-1870. It's LSU and Vanderbilt today, week two of the SEC season in Nashville for the Tigers, looking to rebound from Herb, let's just call it like we see it, an awful opening week. Yeah, I, look, K-Dog, good to hear from you. Man, I'm still kind of shocked, surprised. But at the end of the day, you know, with, with as many departures that we had last year, um, off the 2019 championship team, and you know, you don't you don't want to see them giving up 600 yards passing, uh, you know, five or six touchdowns. That's that's not a good look. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's all new. This that you know, the defense. How Bo Pelini was going to come out and try to play that air raid defense, which you and I both were pretty much raving over. Um, you know, with, with with the type of work that Mike Leach has done in the past and what he could potentially do. So we kind of saw that, you know, we saw the potential of that happening. And and look, look, that's, you got to give kudos, you know, and credit to Mississippi State. They came out, they didn't back down, um, they didn't have any 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 worries about anything. The back was wasn't against the wall. They, they didn't care. They could let it all hang out, and they did exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to come and throw the ball over the yard and complete passes and, and score points, and they did that. And then they also, you know, they, they turned the ball over. But they also cause turnovers, which is one of the things that I, I definitely need. Um, um, I, I got to try to make sure that we we can eliminate the interceptions. Now, the last interception by uh, Brendan was at the end of the game, trying to you know trying to make a play or whatnot. But you know, you just got to eliminate those mistakes. Um, you look at that same game last year. Um, I think the score was thirty six to thirty thirteen, thirty six thirteen. Joe Burrow went 25-32 for 327. But the key stat is it was zero interceptions. Um, and the running game was about the same. We only ran for 100 and like 105 yards or so last year. But the difference maker also was we only we, we did not give up 600 yards. We only gave up 238 yards last year. So we got to find a way to get back to playing real stout defense, causing turnovers, making plays, and not allowing 600 passing yard record, you know, record-breaking quarterbacks uh, uh, passing plays, if you will, in a particular game. we got to stop that. Herb, you played the position. Miles Brennan's playing now, quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, headed into that game, do not try and expect him to do Joe Burrow things this year. 
right. don't he's a, he's not Joe Burrow and he'll tell you he's not he doesn't need to be Joe Burrow uh, nope. but a lot of the a lot of the blame I think unnecessarily went at the feet of Miles Brennan he had a pretty good day he gave up I mean there were seven sacks the offensive line gave up seven sacks he doesn't play defense and give up over 600 yards passing you get my point here you feel like he's unfairly blamed for the for that one well, I mean, you know, your, your head coach and your quarterback gets the the most praise unjust, right? And then the most blame unjust, if you sure. will. So, you know, at the end of the day, let's say it like this. There, there were some times, uh, I guess, that w- people were looking uh, at Miles to make a play in certain areas and aspects of the game in certain times. And whatever their, their, their reasoning for trying to blame it on Miles is, I, I can only assume that's what it is. But... If you go back and you look at the stat line, 27 to 46, 345 total yards passing and three touchdowns is pretty good. The only blemish you got to two interceptions. If we can get away from the two interceptions, we'll be fine. Um, but, you know, you, you would think you, if you put up 345 yards, three touchdowns, and you give yourself 34 points, you should win the game, right? Um, and that's technically what we're used to at LSU. So it's not Miles Brennan's fault that this game was lost. Um you know, could he have scored another touchdown or maybe potentially have two more touchdown drives if he doesn't have those interceptions? Maybe so. But at the end of the day, he put up enough points in order for us to win. There's no reason you cannot place any blame of uh, of a Miles Brennan because the defense gave up 600 yards passing and, and 44 points. He, he does, you know, Miles is not the, the reason for that, you know. So at the end of the day, we got to stop some guys. We can't. <laughs> You know, K.J. Costello threw the ball 60 times in that game. That's crazy. That's an enormous amount of time. Um, and he threw the ball pretty much just, you know, probably the, the, the number of times that I probably threw the ball in three games, you know. <laughs> um, so, but that's just nuts and crazy. But at the end of the day, you got to find a way to stop them and get off the field and put your offense there, uh, give them an opportunity to go down and score points some kind of way, whether it be a touchdown or a field goal. All right, that's enough of week one. It was that bad. We, we've yeah. we've, we've covered it enough. We set our piece. We'll move on to Vanderbilt Commodores in Nashville, today's opponent for the LSU Tigers. And what I love, Herb, this week was um, this is what leaders do. This is what good coaches do. And they take all they take the heat. You know, Coach O said, hey, look, we got to coach better. It's, it starts with me. That's what leaders do. And I, I think that that's, that's vitally important for a young team that's still trying to find their way. You agree? I mean, look, you know, the one thing that I've always raved about with Coach O is the fact that how he coaches and what he does. And he always, look, he's always going to put himself forefront. He's never going to put a kid down. He's never going to say anything negative about a kid. Um, and that's what he's supposed to do. That's that's what you do. You take the, the ownership. You take the blame. You take the praise. You take all of the stuff or whatever. But, you know, it's 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 football. It's week by week. That week, you know, last week is over with. So you got to, you know, you Watch the video. You learn from it. You adjust to and make the the, the according um, corrections that's needed, um, so that you can move forward away from that. But you also got to get those guys ready to play this week against Vanderbilt. Because look, the schedule has changed now. It's ten games, SEC games, no matter what. So there is no cupcakes. There's no no bye weeks. Uh, you know, even if you're playing against a smaller team. So right now you have to refocus and regain your strength week in and week out. So. Right now, it's a perfect time to come up to, to to make some 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 adjustments on defense and to try to get some more points on the board. So I look forward to a good game today. Week two for LSU, it is here. We are just getting started. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. 
With Herb Tyler, I'm Christian Garrick. This is WWL. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, along with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. I'm Christian Garrick. We are socially distancing. Wish we were certainly in the same place to talk about this game, but nonetheless, considering the pandemic, can't happen. Um, look, do you think LSU rebounds this week against Vanderbilt? 504-260-1870. Call us on our mortgage financial phone lines or text us as well at 504-260-1870. Do you think they'll get those issues that plagued them last week corrected? The defense, 504-260-1870, and offensive line as well. Um, Herb, do you chalk this up? I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is this slow start, is it youth? Is that a big part of it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious, you know. I mean, you can tell. You look at the, the – I mean, you got to think about it. Okay, we always talk about the, the great programs, what they, what they end up doing. They may have, uh, you know, five, six, seven guys that may leave at one time, but they still have a decent amount of guys that's actually played and started the, the previous season. But this was pretty much unheard of. I mean, literally was, what is it, 17, 18 guys that were starters last year that are no longer there. So it, it's it's a combination of youth. Um, it's a combination of newness, if you will. Like I said, you know, Joe Brady's not there, so you got you, you got you know a new uh, helpful hand off the coordinating offense, and then you got a, a brand new defensive coordinator and Bo Pelini, who hadn't actually coached defense, if you will, it had hadn't been a coordinator in quite some time because he was a head coach for ten years or so. Um, and then you know, you, and then you you couple that with with the you know the the young the youth of the guys that are playing now. You know, those guys are are, are, are are trying really hard. They're trying to understand it all and they gotta do it on the fly. And it's and it's it's been, you know, no spring football, no, you know, very limited, let's say that, um um uh fall football, if you will, as far as uh, training camp and things of that nature. So everything about this season is is completely different than what it has been. So you know, you have to account for that as well with the COVID-19 protocols and things that they've got in place. So, you know, at this at this point in time, in my opinion, what I think it is, I think it's a it's a combination of all those things that I just said. So, it's it's going to be something I think that we can get over. Um, but you know what's abnormal too, which is different, is Mike Leach was not in the SEC last year either. So, you know, so that air raid offense wasn't there last year. Uh, you know, and we didn't we haven't seen anything similar to that as well. So. You know, so you put all those different things together, and, and I think the end result that we got last weekend is what you get. So, last week for Vanderbilt, they they uh, they gave Texas A and M all they could handle, albeit Texas A and M coughed at the football or turned over the football three times, and it kept the score closer than probably it probably would have been. Uh, how game of a Vanderbilt team you think LSU is going to see today? I think we see the same thing. I mean, they they look they they watch Mississippi State come out and do what they did last year, uh, last week. I'm sorry. I mean, they're not going to run this air raid offense that Mississippi State ran, but they're going to try to put the balls the balls in the air, and they're going to try to get these guys to to see if they can cover their receivers. Uh, they're going to challenge the, the 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 youthness of our guys defensively. Um, they're going to challenge our offensive line. They're going to throw some blitzes in there that 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 you know that 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 they can hope to get to Miles Brennan and disrupt his passing. Um, not only his, his, you know, the pocket, but also his 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 sight of trying to get the ball out to whoever he need to get the ball to, and um, and it's going to be tough, man. I mean, 
when when you play these kind of you remember the beginning of the game last year i mean the first quarter or first half i think vanderbilt played us really well yeah. and then we kind of exploded on them so these guys aren't afraid of us you know they're not afraid of anybody it's just a matter of can you execute can you go out and impose your will can you dominate in the way that you you you're you're built to do and it's it's going to remain to be seen but it's not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the means the coach o and the guys are going to have to coach they're going to have to make sure these guys are in good positions to, to be successful, and they're going to have to keep their head up after last week. I think they're 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 on their way to doing that, but we have to see it. Herb, I, I think the game plan might be for LSU on offense in particular to get Miles Brennan going, give him a running game, and get get those three talented running backs going. Lean on the run a little bit more. Coach O's even said he feels like that's the strength of his team. Well, let's go show it if that's what you feel. Well, I mean, you know, look, at the end of the day, it's it's one of those things where the running game kind of controls everything else, right? It kind of opens up your passing game, and, it you know, it allows you to do different things if you can keep the, the defense off balance with a run and a passing attack. So, you know, you know, it, 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 all of that sounds good in, in theory, but at the end of the day, it's not going to happen if you're not opening holes up for the guys. So the, the offensive line has to step up, and they have to push some guys around. They have to – allow these guys an opportunity to get started and get rolling so that they can, you know, uh, you know, attack the second level and third levels of defense, which is the linebackers and, and safeties and, and corners or whatnot. Um, they, they can't get hit in the backfield or have to dodge two or three guys before the, before they even get to the line of scrimmage in order to be successful. So I think, you know, at this moment where I am with it, I think we definitely need, definitely need to, to, to garner some sort of a run game. But at the end of the day, you know, you and I talked about it, touched on it earlier. Miles did not do a horrible job last week. I mean, he actually did pretty good. We we need to continue to build his confidence. Um, we need to lean on those three horses we have in the backfield. But we also need Miles um, to continue to be confident and, and to every week get better and better. And I think this is a bit, this will be another good week for him to to get better um, as a starting quarterback for LSU. The secondary that was sliced and diced last week does get their big playmaker, Derek Stingley Jr., back. Glad to see him yeah. return to health. Yeah. We were concerned about him last week, Herb, but uh, he's back on. He's going to be back in the mix, and he'll he'll go a long way in being able to pretty much shut down one side of the field. I mean, you you, you hope that he comes back in the same strength that he had prior to going out last last week. So um, I just you know want want to want to continue to pray for him and his health and his family. Hope hoping that you know that everything is all fine now, one hundred percent. I don't. I haven't talked to him, so I don't know what's going on. But if he can be the Derek Stingley that we know he can be, we, we should we should understand that one side of the field would be shut down as far as whoever he's covering. So, um, and then that means that the the other guys on the other side will have an opportunity to get better this week. And um, now they're not going to be playing, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a fourth year, fifth year <laughs> transfer quarterback from Stanford, who's who's probably one of the smarter guys out there on the field and actually can physically do, you know, all the different things. But at the end of the day, you're going to be playing someone that's going to be just, you know, almost as good as, shall I say. And um, and they're going to, they're going to, you know, you have to find ways to disrupt him, to uh, to get him off balance, to whoever the quarterback's going to be. doesn't matter what system you're playing. You, you got you to gotta get good push up front, which I thought we did pretty good last, last week. We got, you know, we sacked the quarterback a decent amount of times and we pressured him a decent amount of times. We have to continue that. And we gotta make the plays on the back end. You gotta you gotta strip strip the ball. You got you gotta have knockdowns. You gotta be 
entangled with the receiver, you know, uh, you know, not 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 in a foul type of way, but you have to be covering them like you know, white on rice, if you will, so that so that you know it make it make it that much tougher for the receiver to to, to catch the ball, control it, and possess the ball. So we've got to really really work on that. And I, I do think that uh, uh, you know one of the things that that people were saying was that we we stayed in the man to man defense cover one if you will defense um too much and i you know i kind of i kind of i don't i, I want to district disagree with that but i also understand that you have to mix it up and and play some zone or some man zone or something like that however you want to whatever combination of you want to you want to do it um but i think at the end of the day i think i think that um i think coach Polino Polini was just trying to see what his guys had, how you know who could actually, uh, you know, turn turn the turn the corner and and try to take what was happening, and can I make myself better in this position? But you know, at some point you got to help them out with some certain calls. So I hope to see a little bit of of, of change up in different uh, defenses in this particular game against Vanderbilt. Some some zone, some man, some zone, some man zone, uh, some you know man under zone behind. I mean, it depends on whatever the situation is, but I hope to see a little a little bit of a switch up. Herb, I agree with you that, you know, I would like to to see them have switched it up, mix it up a little bit, but also your identity is your identity. If you're a man team, you know, yeah, typically you, you don't play, play zone very well. And typically right. if you're a zone team, zone defense, you don't play man very well. It's just a fact of the matter. It's just a fact, and then at the end of the day, you don't know what you have unless you try it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to, because you're going to be going to war with these guys every week, so you got to know if somebody gets because look in a man defense, what happens is is you're going to get beat no matter what. Now, do you get beat for touchdowns or do you get beat for a first down here and there or possession play or whatever? That's different. And then can you regain your confidence after you've been beaten? And that's one of the things that I thought Derek Stingley did very well last year. If you if you notice, he he would he gotten beaten a couple three or four times last year on deep balls where he you know he he actually lost the lost that particular play, and, and he was scored on. But he'd come back the next series, and he'd either catch an intercept or make a big play, uh, knocking the ball down or something, you know, preventing a, a first down or something. And that's what, what I think uh, the, the coaches are trying to find in these young guys that they have out there on defense. Now, they're trying to find out if they have the, the, the mentality to be able to forget the last play and move on and be successful. I don't know. I can't remember if it was prime time, but one big time defensive back said, "Hey, you got to have amnesia to play cornerback because it's yeah. all, you're gonna you're gonna it's one it's one st- one one snap and clear. I mean, you, you're gonna give up a, a play. You, there's there hasn't been a d- defensive back in the history of this sport that has completely shut down uh, every receiver he's ever faced. It just does. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen because the other guys on the other side are just as good as you are, and they're gonna make plays, and that's why they're out there." He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Earlier in the week, I caught up with Chris Lee, VandySports.com, to get a look at the Commodores, LSU's Week 2 matchup today at 6.30, right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Here is that interview. Going behind enemy lines for the LSU Tigers, taking on Vanderbilt this weekend. Chris Lee joining us now, publisher of podcast, host at VandySports.com. Chris, how are you? Hey, good afternoon. Hope you guys are well. We are. Thanks for the time. And, uh, Chris, Vanderbilt, what, what happened in, in College Station? They, they gave uh, Texas A&M a pretty good run. Well, we thought if they had a chance to surprise, it would be defense because they brought 11 starters back. 
They had some experience behind those kids, and they got better. They thought on the defensive line, and it's exactly what they hoped for. They got great play out of their ends, Dio Odingbo and Andre Mintz. They got really good play out of Davion Davis and Rashawn Wilkins in the middle of the line. Uh, there weren't a lot of busted assignments on the back end, and they got three turnovers, and that was the recipe they had to have if they were going to be close, and they were. Now, unfortunately, their offense is not very good, and they couldn't scratch out enough plays to get an upset. But it was what had to happen for them to have a chance to a tee, uh, but it was what we thought the offense would be as the reason why they couldn't close. They got a freshman, true freshman at quarterback, right? Yeah, and a very good one at that. Yeah, how did he play? You know, he was better than I thought his line indicated. He was 20 of 29 for, oh, a buck 50, a buck 65, somewhere in there. But his two interceptions were balls that I think one was a miscommunication with the receiver and another one, I don't know if he thought maybe an official was one of his receivers or what the deal was, but he threw it nowhere near guys. And if you looked at the other 27 throws, they were all throws where they were right on the money or he threw the ball away. I mean, you remember Danny Werfel from back in the day and how he didn't have the best arm but he got rid of it quickly, and he knew where where it was going, and he could process things quickly. I see that kind of skill set in him where he doesn't have the strongest arm, but it's good enough. I think he's going to be a really good player for them if they can just keep him healthy. Chris, the big question is, were you there last year when Joe Burrow had the full moon shot? <laughs> I was there. Uh, you know, the, the points kept adding up quicker than I think I could keep up with them. I was – writing a national game story on that one. And that almost got to be a problem at, at one point because it seemed like I was writing up one touchdown when LSU was scoring another one. But that was quite a display of offense. Chris, uh, also, with Vanderbilt, you know, one of the things that they're always at least competitive. And last year, I think they, they weren't as competitive as they typically were. Um, do, you, do you feel like they've gotten some of that back? Well, they're not. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. They're not going to threaten the SEC to win the conference, to win a national championship, at least not anytime soon. But are they back to being competitive? Maybe. I mean, it, it looked that way, right? But we don't know how good Texas A&M is. And, and also, I was just thinking three years ago, I think after three weeks, they led the country in scoring defense. And Alabama came in and just ripped them. And they wound up being dead last in the SEC in scoring defense. Not just that, but they gave up an all-time record for points allowed. So I've seen this movie at times where it turns out okay, but I've also seen times where they get punched in the mouth and it turns out horribly. I don't know. You know, the thing is, Vanderbilt has usually been competitive on one side of the ball, even with bad teams. I go back to the 90s and the Woody Woodenhofer teams where they had great defenses, but they went, I think, at one point, six straight quarters without moving the ball across the 50. And the bottom line is you've got to have players in this league. And they always seem to have enough most years to field a competitive squad on one side of the ball, but rarely both. I think that's what made James Franklin so special is finishing in the top 25 in back-to-back years. You know, you've got to have kids on both sides of the ball, and he did. And uh, I think that's where they struggle. Yeah, I think it's possible because we've seen it before, but they just never have enough bodies to do it both ways. They can do it in baseball, that's for sure. Well, yes, and let me tell you, that guy is a better coach than anybody knows because 
it is so hard to build a competitive program at that school because of the administrative nonsense and all those things. And I know people talk about the scholarship advantage and everything, but if you flip that around the other way, the kids on that field, I, I bet you were paying more uh, because it's 75 grand a year. As he's told me, there are years that we've had kids uh, on the championship team two years ago that were paying thirty-five and $40,000 a year to go to school. So um, he is a phenomenal coach, and it's been a miracle what he has done. He's one of the best in the, in the country, that's for sure. Chris yeah, Lee. I think he is the best in the country because I know what he's up against. <laughs> Chris Lee, VandySports.com. Going behind enemy lines, LSU taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores, 6.30 Saturday up there in Vandy. And uh, give me, Chris, give me a recipe for a Vanderbilt team to upset LSU. What would have to happen? Uh, repeat of last week. Um, keep it close. Be a crooked number in turnover margin. Uh, and I think you've got to go one step beyond. You've got to convert short fields. You've got to take chances. I think they punted from the 44 and the 41 on the other side of the field in what were makeable fourth down situations. So they've got to do what they did last week and then maybe take some chances that they did not. So Vanderbilt's debuting a retro logo of the Nashville skyline against LSU. That's pretty neat on our helmet. Well, the the, the, the uh, skyline isn't the retro part. It's the script uh, Vandy, if you remember from the 80s. Yeah. That's some really sharp script helmets. In fact, they look just like the logo on our website almost um they're wearing those except it's a modified version frankly i like the one from the 80s better uh this is kind of an outline of the vandy script and and the skyline is a little bit overwhelming some people like it i'm not crazy about it i wish they would just have gone with what they went with in the 80s because i think that was a sharp look but uh there'll be a little bit of a flashback for the listeners out there that remember those days i like it i don't know looks pretty neat to me online Chris, what, what? Yeah. I'm different. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going it's, to. It's different. I think a lot of fans do like the flashback, but the, the, the cluttering, I think, was a, was a little bit of a point of contention with some of the fans. Do you expect this game on Saturday to be uh, competitive, closer than it was certainly last year? I think it'll be closer than last year. I, I don't know that they can do this back to back. I mean, Stingley comes back, that shuts down one side of the field, and frankly, of course, they're not going to move the ball the way State did. I, I don't know. The one thing I thought was you don't want to tick off LSU coming to Nashville. I think they'll get that now, uh, not to mention one up on the defensive side. I would be surprised if they could do this in back-to-back weeks, but you never know. Chris Lee, VandySports.com, earlier in the week, behind enemy lines. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, and Herb, Chris said it best, I think, Vanderbilt, where they're gonna if they're gonna give LSU some some real issues, it's gonna be their defensive side of the football. They got all eleven back from a year ago. Yeah, and 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 like you said as well too, the, you know Vanderbilt's offense not gonna move the ball like Mississippi State will. So, and then the biggest thing I think that he said, which, which in my opinion was, he's you know there's a, there's a freshman starting quarterback uh, that they have in Seals and and a ticked-off LSU team coming in, you know, going into Nashville. So that's not going to be good. I think that – I think I think you got – so you got some kids that, that are going to be just ready to blow off some steam, and you got some coaches that, that's, that's going to be ready to try to make right of what, what happened last week and to show the, you know, show the nation that, hey, we, you know, we can still compete no matter what with who, when, when where, or how. It doesn't matter. And um, 
So I think I think that last statement that he said, a ticked-off LSU coming into Nashville is not going to be a good thing for, for Vanderbilt. But the other thing, too, though, is, um, you know, if we can actually play, uh, you know, lights out, with with a lot of aggression, with a lot of speed, a lot of quickness, but also be very, very intelligent in how we play the game, meaning no turnovers and then cause turnovers as well on the defensive side. Um, and then, you know, play in the backfield. If our defense can play in Vanderbilt's backfield, and then if we can control the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively, we'll be okay. I just, I think, you know, I just, I just, I really think that Miles, Miles Brennan can actually play very well against his Vanderbilt defense even though they 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 return a lot of starters um but he's got a lot of miles has a lot of playmakers on his side of the ball that can actually you know play with or outplay some of those guys on Vanderbilt's team I don't know about you but I'm really really intrigued by the upside of Eric Gilbert I think he's going to be a a fine tight end down there man look I (laughs) We were talking about it the other day, and this guy, I mean, look, he dropped that first pass, I think it was, across the middle. He was just anxious, I think. He just was running before he caught the ball. But after that, man, I I mean, he just looks like the guy that you got to try to get the ball to him four or five times a quarter, you know. He has to touch the ball at least 12 or 15 times a game. And and that, it doesn't look like there's a, a, a DB, I'm sorry, a, a safety and or outside linebacker or even an inside linebacker that can run with this guy. I haven't seen anyone yet. And, We've only seen one game. So he's going to get better. He's got three years to play to get better, and I think he's going to do it, and I think we'll see it. He's definitely going to be one of the top players in the in the, in the country here this year and years to come. Yeah, he's just he's got all the all the intangibles. Doesn't block particularly the way you want him to, but in terms of what you want, once you if you could draw up what a tight end should look like, Herb, it would be Eric Gilbert. I mean, he's got the perfect length and size. He'd look really close to him. I'm gonna tell you that. Um, you know, I I, I always got to revert back to my guys, Nikki Savoy and and David Lafleur. Those guys had the exact same look, build, style, that kind of stuff. The difference was that they actually did block very well. Now, um, now this is something that Eric will definitely learn as he's there, um, because you know when you go to the next level, the next level is not the same offense that LSU plays. So, as a tight end, you're gonna have to block. You're gonna have to down block. You're gonna have to seal off some corners and some edges to get some guys around you, whatever it is. So he's going to learn that. I I think he's definitely capable of learning that. For the latest on the president, Donald Trump, his uh, diagnosis with COVID-19, log on to WWL.com. We've got the story for you. Uh, The headline, Trump doing very well at Walter Reed Medical Center. He's Herb. I'm Christian. This is Sports Talk here on WWL. LSU and Vanderbilt today at 630 Right here on WWL. Hang out with us on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show till 430. We'll hand it off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for the official pregame show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And Herb, tell me if you, you agree with this or not. I think that five weeks from now, we're going to look at their week one showing and it's not even going to look anywhere close. In other words, I think that this team's going to make market improvements pretty quickly. And they're just young. And, and when we look back on it in five weeks, we're going to go, yeah, now I understand it. Because they were so young, it was really all new to them. No, I agree thousand percent with you. I mean, it's it's. I think it's pretty evident. I don't see how you can get much worse defensively than what we played. But at the end of the day, we still had an opportunity to win that game, which is crazy. And so you're right. It's the, the youth of the players that are playing right now, you know, you give them four good games under their belt, like you said, and 
you go into week six and it's it's man it's it's you should definitely see some growth and some maturity from those guys um they're still gonna make mistakes you know um because it's all new new scheme new you know it, you know it, it's just new everything is new and then you start getting really into those heavy hitters in the in the in the schedule um so it's still gonna be tough but at the end of the day I don't think you're gonna see the type of play I think you'll see what like coach o always says lSU tiger football um to that we know to to come in and expect with those guys flying around the field and i'm and look I'm gonna say this too i you know what I see as far as the the youthness is just simply on defense on offense i think i mean you you, you let's say you cut instead of giving up six hundred yards and you give you give up three hundred yards and you give up two less touchdowns right then we win that game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think offensively we can, we, you know, even collectively with the three backs, I think we had 117 yards rushing. I think that we should all expect for them guys to probably collectively more, to, you know, to have maybe close to 150, 175 rushing. And that would definitely take off some of the pressure from miles. But I think that, you know, I think that as a whole last week, other than the interceptions, the turnovers, and then also the offensive line not allowing, uh, let me say it like this, not allowing a clean pocket for Brendan all the time. I think, and and they're not opening the holes as much as they sh- we think they should. Um, I think moving forward, those guys will be better. So, and I can definitely see that as long as our defense can come up and meet us halfway, I think we'll be fine. We'll be able to compete for sure. Herb, if you're worried about the confidence of the LSU Tigers, don't be. Everything I'm hearing out of Baton Rouge is. Uh, the intensity and the focus was at uh, was at pretty high levels, and their confidence is pretty high despite that loss to Mississippi State. This is a, the good thing about being young, having a young team is, you know, you, you have you can have a short memory, you can get over things a little quicker. Um, and I also think that, you know, in a strange way, a road game early in the season like this can kind of bring them together a little bit and cause them to to to, to focus a little bit more. You agree? I mean, you never know. You never know what could trigger that that the unity in, uh, and how how they can come together in jail as as a team. You know, and and maybe this is it. Maybe they needed to get punched in the mouth last week. Maybe they needed. You know, maybe they were riding a high from last year, winning the championship. They're thinking that you know, beating their chest or with this, we're going to walk in and Mississippi State can't do whatever. Blah 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 blah. And that goes show you, it doesn't matter who you play. It's all about how you play. If you can play up to your capabilities and 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 the way that you've been practicing and taught how to play, then you know you should be successful. But and you're right. I don't think that there's no that there's any lack of confidence from this team, starting with the head coach. I can tell you that right now. So um, it's just going to be a matter of let's how can we minimize the mistakes, how can we capitalize on all of the opportunities that we get, and then. We need to stop the the offense. We need to stop Vanderbilt from scoring or anybody else from scoring as much as we need to score. So we've got to put the ball in the end zone, and we cannot turn the ball over. All right, we're done with our first hour here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Stick around. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com will join us next hour. He's Herb. I'm Christian. This is WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.